So welcome back to another episode of the Impact Gold Rush podcast. This is the podcast for impact entrepreneurs. If you're new to this podcast, this podcast aims to amplify the voices of impact entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka the Sustainable Development Goals. Listen in to fellow impact entrepreneurs on their journey in this new goal rush of making a bigger impact. Get inspired to learn how through entrepreneurship you can grow your impact, make the world a better place, leave a legacy and live a more meaningful life. I'm your host, Wun Tan. I'm the founder of Podcast Publishing. So if you've missed the last episode, we had JP Dalman of Impact Leaders talk about why businesses at all levels are becoming impact driven and why finance and the capital markets are now seeing an unprecedented move and shift towards sustainable and impact investing. In this episode, I'll be speaking to a mentor and a good friend of mine, Kyron Goss, who is leading the tiny house movement. And he's going to be sharing a super interesting story. So he's also part of the B1G1 community of impact entrepreneurs and he finds himself face to face speaking to some people in Kenya who are meant to be the beneficiaries of the B1G1 project and in his own words he gets schooled by them so listen into this fascinating story so just a bit of an update since the launch of this podcast as I'm recording this we just had over 350 listeners and over 460 streams across um, the last nine episodes as we speak and so on behalf of you the audience podcast publishing is giving 90 days of education to support children with hearing impairment so this is done through b1g1 it it goes to the charity in india called save the children india and in line with the mission of this podcast these impact giving directly links to sustainable development goal number four which is quality education and goal number 10 reducing inequality So thank you very much for listening to this podcast and making a difference. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Kyron. So Kyron, welcome to the show. And I've known Kyron for some time now, and we've actually been hanging out in Bali for almost a month. (laughs) I think it was end of 2018. Um, So I know Kyron from uh, the Genius U and sort of Roger Hamilton's community. So Kyron, you are a change maker, a social entrepreneur. Uh, you lead the tiny house movement. Uh, you're you're currently in Auckland, am I right? Auckland, New Zealand, yes. And uh, yeah, so you you lead the tiny house movement, and you're very passionate with changing the world and unleashing people's awesomeness. I think you got an amazing story, and you're uh, you've obviously been a mentor of mine. And um, I really appreciate the time that we had together. It uh, it was a really crucial time uh, on my journey because I was just starting out my podcasting business. For people who are new to what you're doing, could you share with us what's been your take as a change maker? Uh, how have you got started, and why is it so important for us to to be on this journey to to make a bigger impact? Yeah, thanks, Woon, and, and thanks for having me. I think like my whole journey and, and my whole thing about being a change maker, right, is, is I have this belief that we're all born to do awesome. We're all born for a bigger reason, right? You know, and, and Roger talks about us in the concept of flow, but but most people just end up stuck in the daily grind. They're stuck working the nine to five, they they fall into the absolute bullshit that is society today where we basically have debt enslaved zombies working their asses off in jobs they probably hate in order to be able to afford cars and houses that they're never actually in and for what right 
And and so this whole idea is is that when they're living that life, that life of a debt enslaved zombie, they're never actually fulfilling their bigger mission, their bigger purpose. And so for me, it's like, well, actually, there are so many problems in the world that if we could just help these people create freedom, if we could help them, show them how they can escape that life and actually start living a more purpose-driven or or at least living their life on their own terms, then we can start solving some of these big challenges around the world because we have the skills, we have the people, we have the technology, but just society today doesn't work. And so that's, for me, what I'm working on doing. I'm working on how we can help most people create freedom so that they can stop working to make a living and start doing meaningful work. Could you share to, with the audience you know, your journey starting out as a in real estate? Because I think that's kind of crucial piece of the puzzle and um, you've obviously been very passionate about this whole real estate and, and property sector and you've actually wrote a book in fact um, the future of property and you know how did you get started and what was it that really in interests you when you were starting out so I, I was working, I used to be a chef working on an oil rig up off uh, the northwest coast of Australia. Um, and I picked up a book on real estate investing and it was like, oh my God, I can actually like get paid to travel. <laughs> um, and so that was how it started off for me. So I went out there, I joined ventured with some people in order to buy properties to do, build a bit of a portfolio. But it was through that journey that I saw how many young people were really struggling to be able to buy property. And even now, you know, we're, we're in the midst of this absolutely insane housing boom. Properties that I bought for 280000 are now selling up in the 700s. Um, absolutely insane. Properties which, um, you know, two years ago were selling for 80000 are now selling for like three fifty, four hundred. It, it just it doesn't make any sense. Um, and a lot of that is, is just fueled by the way society views houses um, and the way that um, most people, I don't know about the rest of the world, but at least in New Zealand, most people create their wealth through their own home or through housing, right? So none of it really made sense to me. So I started looking and I was going, well, what is the future of property actually going to be? How are all these emerging trends and technologies going to impact the real estate industry? And how can I be one of the people that actually bring in this new way of living and, and actually create a better, fairer society for all, I guess. And, um, and, and that's really how I got into the whole future of real estate side. And one of the, the biggest trends or most interesting things I've noticed it is that I was always taught uh, house prices are going to follow jobs. If jobs increase, then house prices increase, right? But the way we work is actually changing. The future of work is changing, right? And we've seen that, especially this year in 2020, where many people are forced to work from home. And if you can work from home, you can work from anywhere. And as you pointed out, that's exactly what we were doing when we, we spent that month in Bali, right? Um, and so if you can work from anywhere, where do you want to work from? Do you want to be paying ridiculous mortgages on houses and cities where you're sitting in that traffic to go to a job that you actually hate? 
or would you, if you can work from a computer, would you rather work from somewhere like Bali or work within your own country, but somewhere where housing is a bit more affordable? Or do you actually need a house full stop? And would you be a full-time nomad? When I talk to people and, and working through their goals of what they actually want to achieve, most people say they want to travel, right? And this is something I've been doing for the last five years, being able to work from anywhere, travel, live wherever I want, do everything from a laptop. And we now have this this entire globe that's starting to realize they can do the same. So the question is, if the way we work has changed, how is the way we live going to change as well? And for me, I want to really, I see it actually focusing more on housing as a service where you don't need to own the real estate, you don't need to have your own home, and Airbnb has really bought this in, right? I can go anywhere in the world, rent an Airbnb for one day to to months, six months. I mean, I've worked for an Airbnb management company, and you know, we'd have people looking for six months to a year sometimes. And knowing that they just pay one fee, they don't have to get any um, contracts in their name, they don't have to pay electricity bills and all that, is really... Um, attractive to to a lot of these people right and so that's really where we're heading and so i'm saying well cool if we're going to have this new lifestyle then and you could work from anywhere wouldn't you want to work from live and work from epic lifestyle locations and wouldn't you want to do it surrounded by amazing people who are actually living their best life working on their business or you know creating global impacts as well Awesome. And, you know, one of the things that um, you recently just shared was this, um, your your experience uh, on the B1G1 trip to Kenya. Uh, could you share with the audience why was it such an eye-opener for you? Because I, I know there was a, there's a really amazing story behind it and like it, it, it I think it's so important um, for that to be, like for people to, to hear that story. Yeah, yeah. So I've been part of the B1G1 community for a while now um, and 100% agree with this whole idea of you know, giving back and, and helping those um, who need the help. Um, and so when I got the opportunity to go to Kenya and be part of a, a study tour, uh, I jumped at the chance and there's a group of probably 15 to 20 of us. And we went around and we looked at um, the different organizations and the work they were doing there. And there were two things that really jumped out at me. The first was how much of an impact we can actually have with so little. You know, in the Western world, things are expensive, right? So for me to, to change anything back home is going to require a lot of money. But for me to, to make an impact in somewhere like Kenya, actually, it's, it's within my capability, right? So that was the first thing I really noticed. And that's what I love about the B1G1 platform is I can actually create change in people's lives for as little as one cent. But the real, the real eye-opener for me, I thought I was going there, you know, to help them, but they actually helped me in ways I could have never imagined. And we were at uh, New Canaan Village. And the story behind this was, um, for whatever reason, about 1,200 people had become, um, but lost their homes, whether it was war or drought, I can't quite remember. Um, but the government gave them a small amount of money each to rehome themselves. That money probably wouldn't have bought anything by themselves. But what they did is all the families came together, they found a super large piece of land, and they actually settled it themselves, um, giving themselves like just a 50 square meter house site. And throughout the village, houses were in different. Um, different states of being built 
But one thing that stood out is the way they all worked together and the way they all pulled together and, and actually created uh, success as a community. And they had started working with other communities now to mentor and help them in order to, to build wealth or to get prosperous and work together. And one of those communities, it was in uh, one of the most drought-stricken parts of Africa. It pretty much had nothing, you know. They struggled for water. They struggled for everything. But one thing it did have was bees. And so they would sell their honey for uh, 10 shillings for 1 kg. And um, and and the New Canaan Village mentors went in and they're like, well, actually, if, if you all pulled your resources together, you could sell it to a, a larger company and they'd buy it for 20 shillings per kg. And I was like, you are so silly. You could go in, buy it all up for 10 shillings per kg, sell it for 20 shillings per kilo. And you would double your money and, and someone else has done all the hard work, right? All you've done is buy it up and take it to the distributor or whatever. And they're like, well, yeah, we could do that. But how are we as a community supposed to be prosperous when our neighbors are living in poverty? And it's like, damn, Kyron, you just got schooled. <laughs> so I think that that was one of those biggest takeaways. And, you know, for me, the wealth gap and helping people to be wealthy and prosperous uh, it is important. And, and you know, I see that in, in the way we live. Housing is most people's biggest expenses. Um, the prices just keep on increasing. It's becoming, it's, it's massively unaffordable. Um, the cost of rent, the cost of ownership is just ridiculous and it's keeping people poor. And so we need to come up with new solutions on how people can live. And until everyone has a, has a sustainable housing solution, we as a country and we as a world cannot be prosperous. Amazing. That's such a such an interesting story and, and the lesson that you take away. <laughs> you know, um, one of the things you, you're actually working on is um, is your tiny house and, and you're sort of converting houses into, or house parks into, uh, well, you, you're building some house parks, right? Could you, could you explain more about uh, what a tiny house is and what is it all about and why are you so excited with this whole movement? Yeah, so a, a tiny house, um, it's, it's actually a vehicle. It's, it's, imagine a caravan which is built like a house, almost. But you can hook it onto the back of your truck or a car, and you can tow it wherever you want to go. But, you know, unlike a caravan, it's actually quite spacious. It's well built, and it's, it's got a full kitchen, full bathroom. I've actually got two loft bedrooms one of them is, is my tv room um where we we cozy up and watch movies and so because of that because it's a vehicle it doesn't actually need um building consent um or anything like that right so so you can tow it wherever you want you can live wherever you want and for me that's total freedom and they cost a fraction of the the price of a traditional house and so this is where we actually tie in with, with that goal of housing as a service, right? Because if you can live anywhere and if you can tow your house behind you, I guess like a, a turtle or a snail, right? You, you, can, uh, you, can take your, um, you can take your house with you. Then the big issue is, is where do you actually go where you've got that infrastructure and you've got the, the community of what you need in order to, to build your business, um, create those impacts and, and to live from. And so what we're doing now is we're actually working to buy up 
uh, caravan parks and RV parks and create the infrastructure so that it's not just designed for overnight tourists, but it's actually a place where people can go and stay as little or as long as they want. Um, they take their house with them and then they've got the infrastructure they need in order to be able to to build their business or to work or you know at least earn money in some way. But they're also in amazing lifestyle locations, right? So it's outside of the city where you're actually able to live your life as well, where you can go for a surf, you can go get in back get back to nature, um, you know, ideally somewhere near water, maybe there's a lake or there's, you know, little little sailboats or just something, right? To to reconnect you with your source, your spirit, mother nature and all of that to reinvigorate you so that you can you can actually do what you love. Because that's one thing that city, cities are absolute soul destroying, aren't they? And and you know, we we need to reconnect, we need to live more sustainably and that's the way I see me making my impact um, through this whole tiny house movement. And the, the interesting thing is, right, these are what we're designing is really good for those who live the van life um, or live in RVs or camper vans and travel a lot, house buses, house trucks, but also tiny houses. And, and the interesting thing about all that is, you know, when I look into the future, they're all going to become the same thing anyway. They're all going to become self-driving vehicles with some sort of structure on top that we can live out of and so that's really where we're setting ourselves up knowing that in the next five or so years um longer in, in other countries um we're going to be in a position that this is our reality that you can go to sleep in one city wake up in another city have a completely new set of friends around you but it doesn't matter where you are you're going to have good infrastructure good internet the ability to work um and a great community around you i love the vision and i think it's absolutely true with self-driving cars and tiny homes like that whole trend combining things that's very exciting you know so like at what stage are you right now with with this whole thing like are you are you looking for more people to get involved um are you looking for investors you know could could you share what what uh what you're looking for and what what you have on offer yeah yeah cool so really we want to be building that community um that's the most important thing people who uh want to be nomadic or at least you know able to live and work from anywhere love the idea of being able to just jump in their car and and drive you know um and um and and we're also looking for parks tiny house parks well campgrounds uh caravan parks that side as well um so best thing for anyone who's interested head to just uh just head to gotiny.co and um register their interest Awesome. And I've seen uh, on YouTube your video of your current tiny house that you're in right now. It's very exciting. Yeah, that was so, cool. So uh, any, any last advice for someone who's listening, who wants to create a bigger impact and, and sort of take their, their sort of business and entrepreneurship to the next level? I actually, yesterday, just yesterday, I, um, I heard, uh, I, I, I was sort of told what it's all about, right? And most people don't focus on a big enough problem. You know, when, when we think about our businesses, we don't focus on a big enough problem. And so my question or, or my challenge to anyone from wanting to make a bigger impact is what is the problem you are actually solving 
and how many people is that going to impact? When I talk about the way we live, you know, that's that's a that's talking about billions of people, right? Because we all live the same way. If I was just trying to overcome the problem of how can five people live together in a tiny house on a piece of land, that would that would only have an impact on five people. But the minute you start asking a bigger question, and you'll notice when I went to my problem, it wasn't actually about tiny house parks or anything. It was the way we live is unsustainable, and it's it's forcing too many people to not be able to afford to live. So yeah, yeah, I love, yeah, I like that because it's it really is. I mean, it's not an easy question to ask, right? It's to 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 really expand our vision and 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 to solve a bigger problem. And I I like that you shared that, and I'm so I, glad I asked you that question. <laughs> I don't think it's something you can come up with overnight. I mean, I've been mm. working on this for years, actually. You know, every time where it's like, what is the problem I'm trying to solve, and it'd be like, blah blah blah. And you'd sit with it and you'd run with it and I'd do a few projects or whatever and be like, no, you know, like I, I said, do I want to end homelessness? And it was like, well, I'm passionate. I don't like having people living on the streets, but, you know, is that what I really care about? And, and like months later, it'd be like, no, that's not what I care about. And it is. It's just the whole concept of the way the housing system works, or at least today, right? <laughs> the way the yeah. housing system works, the way we live, and um, and it just it not working it does not work for a lot of people awesome um we're gonna end this now so for anyone who is listening here uh, who wants to join the your movement your freedom freedom collective you're you know you're looking to build a community anyone who's interested in tiny house uh you know interested in sort of having more freedom in their life through real estate uh, definitely reach out to Kyron goss uh gotiny.co that's your website gotiny.co.com um, awesome cool thank you very much Kyron. cheers Woon. So what did you think of that conversation with Karen? Let me know in our social media comment what has been your biggest takeaway from this episode. If you've been inspired and learned a thing or two, please drop us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you can think of someone who might benefit from listening to this episode, please do share it with them so that we can grow this podcast. In the next episode, I'll be speaking to Dan Watson of SafetyNet Technologies. And he's going to be talking about his number one tip for impact entrepreneurs who are growing a technology business. And he's got a fascinating story and he has been doing this for almost 10 years. And through his experience, he has been through rounds of grant funding and crowdfunding and all sorts of investor pitches to take his business from an academic research into prototyping and scaling it while trying to address a massive social and environmental issue in the fishing industry. So tune in for that episode. As this is the final episode of 2020, I wish you a happy new year and I'll see you in 2021 for a year of more prosperity, abundance and bigger impact. My name is Wun Tan. Thank you for listening.